Oh, look at me. I won I won an Apex Legends starter pack on Mixer. Hey, everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. I'm in my car. I'm taking a different way home, and I hope I get to a gas station pretty soon because the gas light is on. And I'm on a Skype call with my friend Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, because we're going to record the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet, the Xbox Drive. I'm so excited, you guys. The snow is melting. There's puddles everywhere. There's better puddles in real life than on Spider-Man on PS4. So let's talk about Anthem again, and Apex Legends probably, and definitely The Division 2 and a bunch of indie games. So Luke, turn that dial into the Xbox Drive. This was a little long, but that's okay. Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. Luke, I it's rare for me to be in this sort of gridlock, but there nobody knows what's going on right now, man. We've got a we've got we've got a big sign that says that the the Walterdale Bridge expect delays road work. Mm-hmm. It's one of those signs that just like has like three messages. They they can't mm-hmm. they have to be succinct. They have to be short in their messaging. So Walterdale Bridge expect delays road work. That might be the title of did, today's show. Did they tell you to call a number whilst you're driving for more information? They said, hey, everybody, tune in to the Xbox Drive. Ball and the three. <laughs> There's just a whole bunch of W's as it keeps changing over. That wouldn't make any sense. Luke, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I've uh, played a lot of games, actually, over the past week. Nice. It's been a good week for me. It's yeah, good I was you. able to. Oh, it is. It is. There was such a, and this is this is kind of like my theme here, is there was, there was such a smattering of AAA in February that, like, mm-hmm. I didn't get to touch some of the indie games that I like to, do, to have just you to like kind to of cleanse them. my palate. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yep. Jerk. Uh, and I have an absolute <laughs> blast with one, nice. which was uh, a Games of Gold title. But then I had two other from our ID at Xbox group, and I got to experience some clarity about you know why we complain about AAA versus indie. And it was good. It was good stuff. What, are you, what, what games were they? Do you want... There you go. There you go. <laughs> so the one that I that was a standout, and I'm I just started it uh, two days prior to recording. Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon. Oh, dude, uh, this game is amazing. It's fantastic. It yeah. was a oh, games I, of gold. I believe it was amazing. Plus. Oh, it's it's good. It's good, and I am having a blast with it. It's 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 a Castle Roy game. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. it was very much uh, in the vein of Castlevania. Or Metroid, eight uh, bit style graphics, but it's kind of like with Shovel Knight, where you can tell they've cleaned up some stuff and it works. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm just started, it and it's just so responsive and fun, and the aesthetic is super cool. Uh, I'm just I'm having a blast with it, and I realized how how much I ignored this game when it first came out because I was just like, oh, it's just another you know, retro inspired game. No, this game's really good. That's a that's a filter that I think we all kind of have just to just to cope. It's a coping mechanism because there's so many you just kind of have to have this like arms crossed. This is just another one of those things. Have you had like history with those kind of games? I had never played Castlevania back in the day um, because I never had an NES or anything like that. So this was like a this was a new experience for me, man, and I really enjoyed it. But do you like? Are you returning to your roots in a way? No, not at all. In fact, um, I I loved Metroid. Uh, mm. Metroid was really cool, but like I was, I was so bad at video games, and me- video games were so difficult to even like, tell the user what they were, were supposed to do right. early on in that era. That I never got into it. I just love, I love space and sci-fi and mech suits, as I've, I've often said. So, Castlevania was a whole other world of depth, and I never touched it. It was just too much for me. Yeah. And then, kind of as I've grown up into gaming, with everyone talks about Symphony of the Night, Symphony of the Night, Symphony of the Night, and I've downloaded that. It's on my hard drive. Yeah, I do have it. 
but I've never touched it. And I got into Super Metroid and such. And so to play Bloodstained uh, now is really cool. And it was it was all the more thankful for Games with Gold. Because do you ever do you ever like dismiss your PlayStation Plus or Games with Gold or Switch Online games? And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe it devalues it a little bit for you. Has that I, ever happened to you? Uh, not to me, but I can see how you could get there. What I do is maybe just as bad. I look at it and go, like, I'm totally going to play you. And then I totally don't. Like, almost every month, I'm like, yeah, that's the one I'm going to play. I'm fi- I've been meaning to get to these games because I sort of pay for them. And, like, they're good mm-hmm. games, and I get excited when they get announced. So I want to, like, put some action behind that excitement. But I never do, man. I, I am... Enjoying Bloodstain, I often check out the games with gold titles. Like last month, I checked out Bomberman, and when we when I play those games, it gives me very quick clarity as to oh, this game's good, this game's not, this game has something to offer, this one doesn't. Yeah. But it offers a wonderful sense of perspective for the things we might complain about in some of our favorite games, versus you know, like Puddles and Spider Man or right or whatnot. Versus that was a joke, you know, by the way, guys, just chill. Oh, whoa. Are, you're not allowed to have a joke on the internet. <laughs> like 15 minutes later, I roll it back. Yeah, bring it on back. Mm-hmm. Bring it on back. Speaking of jokes, I got words for Adam Leonard. Uh, but anywho, yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying Bloodstained. It's a good game, and if you guys snagged it on Games of Gold and you were like me and you slept on it, pop it in. It's good. It's good. It, it's you a definitely very fun cannot game. sleep on it, man. It is definitely, it's, it's one of those you have to play. Like, it's, everybody has it. You have no excuse. You definitely have to at least give it a shot. Um, mm-hmm. It's for the pu- it, It's one of those um, gateway drugs for, for Castlevania that's, games. That's good probably honor. a very good analogy. Yeah, that is a good on right? Yeah, I like, I like it. it a lot. I like it. What else you got going what, on? Uh, what t- well, uh, I played a really bad indie game called Creepy Road. Oh, no. And and I've been, you know, my Mixer channel was so dominated by Apex that I was working kind of real hard to make sure it didn't look like that was all I played. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's important to me. I like I enjoy the diversity and having conversations about different games. And so I played a game called Creepy Road, I and I was trying to get to an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've never heard of this game, but I, I think I know what it's about. It's about a guy named uh, John Wall. He gets in his in his uh, not a minivan, but a van with painted windows. Like it's it's white all over, and he just like drives slowly up and down the your neighborhood street. And mm. You have to try and avoid him. How close am I? I uh, closer than I'd care to admit. <laughs> oh, son I guess. Of a bitch. <laughs> his it's, name is John it's not Fall. A great game. <laughs> It's you play this like a uh, kind of redneck trucker character uh, who's trying to get home to his, his his sweetheart who works in a circus, and then the circus guy is a magic dude that turns everyone into zombies. And that's okay. a really interesting Seriously? premise. Yeah, that's all. That's real. Um, <laughs> but the game is it, it plays a like game. a flash game. It's yeah. really not good. Uh, no one needs to. It, it plays like Metal Slug if it was uh, made by students. You know, yeah. it, like it's, this strikes me as a very good student project game uh but it's it's not good for for us i would not recommend it playing yeah i did play a better student game but uh that was called fimble that's set in this uh it's like an indie game you play it it's got like a a heavy attack light attack and you are running around in this kind of 3d-ish space uh you're playing through the the fimble winter which is the the viking norse mythology just before ragnarok i did a review on my old twitter page and it's a a good game but it's sorely overpriced at 30 bucks so fimble yeah, Fimble is a game that you should pay ten bucks or less for. Well, you can wait for one of those. Hey, it's seventy five percent off, so it looks really impressive, and it's going to be priced at the amount that you should be paying, anyways. I'm really sorry. Not I'm not normally stuck beside an enormous truck, but that's got to be very loud for you. Can you hear that? It's one. It's like a crane. Not even a little. You can't even hear it a little bit. No, look really at can. that son of a gun. Nope. 
Well, Not I just wanted to paint pictures for you guys. New A10s. I was I was really afraid yeah. actually of that vehicle driving next to me because I'm in my car, ball. Well, I'm sure my dog will make an appearance on the show at some point because, as you know, she waits till we start recording. Now, right. you've played. Oh yeah, you've played a game that I'm actually pretty excited for. Uh, it has to do with multiplication. Uh huh. <laughs> that was a bad joke. It's division two. Yeah, I just I, I was like, you know, it's the opposite of multiplication. Funny. It's never gonna be funny. I was like, apex. <laughs> it was never gonna be funny. Kingdom. I Hearts. can just stop. All right. No, it, uh, oh, oh! Speaking of Apex, I won a, a starter pack from Mixer for watching the hype zone of, of Apex Legends. That's Heck yeah, cool. you did! Oh, that's awesome, dude. Uh, I did play the division. Yeah. All right, tell I, me I played, about the division two. Thanks to our friends at Ubisoft Canada for sending me a code, so you can take this for what it's worth. But uh, the division two is the game of the decade. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I played it for a couple hours last night with uh, Anti Macro, and who also lives here in Edmonton, and my good friend Brock McLaughlin. We wandered around uh, Washington D.C., and I'll tell you what, man. This is exactly what I wanted. It is gorgeous, if not a little dark. There are definitely more than a few times where I'm wandering a dark alleyway or a, a room that we haven't fired up the, the power generator yet, and I can't see a damn thing. It's, it's a little bit frustrating in that sense. But I am having an absolute blast. Now, one thing, because I'm going to go on with a lot of positives here, but one thing that really I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in is the fact that the way that the enemies all roll up to the difficulty of the highest level member of your party. So if you go on a tear, Luke, like you just go and play this game for the next 25 hours straight and you level up really high and I want to come play with you, it's going to be a brutal experience for me. And I jumped in with uh, Drew McMillan and Brock McLaughlin first from the uh, Game Moose podcast, their friends from over in Ontario. And um, they were just a couple levels above me and I was getting slaughtered. So it's, mm-hmm. I kind of wish that they had take this, taken this opportunity to make it a little bit more accessible, and maybe there's something I'm missing, but I don't think that they made any changes. This is a carryover from the first game, which is unfortunate. Now, between that and it being a bit of a case of menus the game, where you can get like layers and layers and layers of menus, aside from that, mm-hmm. the gameplay is amazing. I absolutely love it. I also want to call out uh, the fact that this is a sort of an action MMORPG type of game with Tom Clancy uh, secret super stuff. It works. This is a multiplayer game that you connect with all of your friends from around the world, and it works day one. Uh, there's a, a big old load time at the start, but other than that, man, if you get killed, you're back in the action pretty quickly. It's the same cover mechanic from the first one. It's the thing that sort of Gears of War made famous over a decade ago. And I'm I'm loving mm-hmm. it. I just can't wait to outfit my character with the most ridiculous clothes. I've got an amazing bleach blonde mustache. He looks like a total dude, bro. He looks like he looks like a, an even more weathered Hulk Hogan somehow. But I don't want to make that reference because you know he's got some stuff going on. He does. Now I want to get ahead of this because you said it works day one, and yeah. at the time of our recording, <laughs> it the gold editions. And I, I don't mean to be silly, but day minus three. The the end mass group that is going to be buying division uh, for standard price, they've not yet played it on servers. So I don't. Just in case something goes down, I want to point out that you get to, you're playing with the the gold and and uh, best editions group. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we we are the the privileged group, I guess you could say. Playing, even though I've got the code, I'm playing with other people who have paid that additional bonus package for the for the gold version of mm-hmm. the game. So yeah, you get but, a couple days early. Early on, are you? Th- 
I think it's pretty clear, at least early to me, uh, I'm recording on Wednesday, the game standard launches Friday, but it looks to me like the game is working for that early group very well, especially compared to uh, Anthem, which is going to be the comparison that gamers make, uh, given that it just launched. It looks like it's working better than that, yes? Yeah, but I think it, it is definitely worth the comparison. That's that's valid, but we have to remember, if we're going to do a true comparison, this is a sequel. Um, mm-hmm. And from a from a from a publisher and holy crap the intro to this game introduces a smattering of ubisoft uh teams that i i can never remember off the top of my head but i honestly don't remember seeing any of these these names so it was there's an air of confidence in this game like the way that ubisoft is really puffing out its chest and like this is our game um the the events occur i believe is seven months after the infection so seven months after uh, the original outbreak in the first the division. So we're sitting around June sometime. So nice, mm-hmm. nice springtime, nice colors, nice environments, and very different. Like with the division one, you're wandering around Manhattan, and everything's pretty samey. I love Manhattan. I have a huge infatuation with that city. So it never really bothered me. But if it was a concern for anybody else that like you wander around New York City and every every block looks like another concrete jungle, this is very different. Um, lots of different places to explore. So I'm I'm enjoying my very early time with it. I will be streaming on Tuesdays and Thursdays at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. And um, I'll play it as well aside from that, but um, definitely streaming on the, on those nights, my friend. Well, I'm glad to hear you're back in the streaming. And more importantly, I know you were excited for this one, and I'm glad that it's kind of meeting your expectations. Uh, as someone who kind of the game I liked in Anthem got panned and it was a, a frustrating thing to, to be here. I'm really glad Division 2 is working out for you. You know that, why? You know what What things that I'm sorry to interrupt, but the thing that I just want to make sure that I, I'm not sure if I, I, I'm conveying what clicked for me. There was a moment where I had a bad gun and then I killed the dude mm-hmm. and I picked up his double barrel shotgun and I started blowing, <laughs> blowing dudes in the face. <laughs> oh my. Uh, and that's not, that's it was not scientifically so, accurate. <laughs> I don't think so. It was so powerful, man. And it was just that that's that dopamine rush that you want when you when you get a thing and then you notice that it's better and it feels good and mm-hmm. and you just feel like a like a warrior and you're just gonna like you're I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to carry my team a little bit. Like I felt powerful and I felt mm-hmm. like the more that I picked up stuff that I noticed the difference. Um from one mission to the next, everything bleeds into each other nicely. I haven't gotten into the settlement stuff just yet, but so far so good, dude. I'm loving it. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. And I hope that, uh, I mean, that's something that we, we've seen from a lot of shooter looters is the ability to pick up the next gun that might be better. Uh, Borderlands 1 and 2 and then the Enhancement Collection, uh, the pre-sequel, did that very well. And Borderlands 3 is something that's rumored to be coming to GDC next week. And it, to me, it was, with all the inside Xbox and the, the launching of all these AAA games, I didn't realize how soon GDC is. I know. Well, it's hard to remember Like we're midway through March here already. And and Borderlands deserves some some special commendation, man. I, I just think that, like, I don't know if that anybody really recognizes Gearbox and particularly Randy Pitchford, um, for all the different reasons, like whether they liked him before or after, whatever scandals and rumors mm-hmm. are happening. Um, mm-hmm. But Borderlands holds a very, the Borderlands series holds a very special place in my heart, and I feel like it was way ahead of its time. It did so many things so masterfully, and uh, I think we focused maybe on the wrong things, the fact that they had a trillion different weapons. It was not the key bullet point that I take away from that game, but I could go on and mm-hmm. on about Borderlands. Love that game. I'm so, if that's a real thing, I'm so hyped for it. I love it. Well, I think it's, I mean, they've acknowledged that it's a real thing, and they've done a number of, of teases on social media that include the number three. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that could mean Borderlands 3, GDC, E3. I mean, there's a number of ways to spin it, mm-hmm. but it is worth mentioning given 
that they are teasing it. And given that we're talking so much about uh, looter shooters of late, yeah. And it is nice to see that there's there's a, a somewhat of a semblance of synonymy with with Xbox and Borderlands. Yeah. At least in my mind, there is, and maybe that's not a fair comparison, but it feels like there is and should be. Uh, and so I'm curious to see if it does come to pass, whether or not it's Microsoft that takes the lead on its marketing uh, partnerships, particularly with them having monopolizing E3. So there's a lot to look at in a microcosm of what Borderlands 3 could be and Gearbox and publishing and relationships because we've seen Xbox fail on some of those relationships. Yeah, I think it would be Microsoft on that one because I think a lot of what make Borderlands 1 and 2 and the pre-sequel work, like it was, it was so locked in on... Uh, tried and true multiplayer architecture from the PC days. So I just feel like that would, like you didn't even have like land support back in the day. You could have a land party and uh, that's what Chelsea and I did uh, with our, with our Xbox 360s and then into our, into the new generation. So I don't even know how we got talking about Borderlands, but uh, can I also tell you really quickly that Resident Evil 2 has captured my imagination and it's all, mm-hmm. even though Division 2 is like, it's right there and I, it's one of my most, if not the most anticipated game for me this year. Resident Evil 2 is what I'm thinking about when I go to sleep, man. In every, in the terrifying ways, in the puzzle-solving ways, in the I-gotta-get-back-to-this-game way. Holy, I mean, everybody knows this, but this game is great. Yeah. Okay, so Sean, you're roboting out on me just a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so Resident Evil 2, it's sticking with you. You're liking it. Uh, you didn't get to play it right at the launch, if I remember correctly. Um, but now that you've, you've dived in, you feel like it is is worthwhile for me to go ahead and snag, or can I still wait for it to be 40 bucks? I mean, I, 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 I'll tell you what I did. Like, I got it from the library, so I feel like I feel like I always need to be clear out to people on how I'm playing these games because I didn't spend any money on it. But it's one of the best games I've played all year, so probably it's just a matter if you can mm-hmm. get to it. Like, there's just so many things, so it's hard for me to really say, put aside something else. But I have, I've absolutely loving this thing. That the, I feel like it's just, they've toned down, like, the, the hardcore, really the gore, too. I think the, the gore has been toned down a little bit. But the, the stupid difficulty is not, no longer there. Everything seems very logical. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just loving my time with it, man. I don't want to spend too much more time on uh, Resident Evil 2 just because I feel like I'm telling people what they know. But uh, I want to let, let people who know this already and they've played it, that I'm with you, man. And for people who haven't played it, maybe like you, Luke, maybe uh, have it bump up your priority list a little bit. It is excellent. Very, very cool. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it, and I think I will bump it up. I uh, I know I have a few things in my backlog, and then I do like touching those indie games a little bit. Yeah, I touch um, them. But, uh, man, it's, it's tough to resist when you hear so many good things about something. I know I that know. Uh, if if not soon, it'll be a summer game for me. Oh, and I'm hearing good things uh, about Devil May Cry. Like, holy crap, Capcom. Good for you guys. Good for you guys indeed. Absolutely, because there was a time where Capcom, they were waning for me. They were waning yeah. for me. And at least on the Xbox platform and PlayStation platform, the HD, Super HD era, I've been very pleased with them. Big time. Of late. Uh, Sean Capri, you're a PC gamer. I've got some theoretically good news for you. All right, let's go. So given that you have games on Steam or a library on Steam, maybe yep. even some games from the Windows Store, uh, there is now a feature that was announced today from The Verge uh, that you can stream your PC games and to your Xbox One and play your PC games on your Xbox One with a controller. This is bonkers, man. I, when you sent me this in a DM earlier today, like, I don't know if you know this, but when I, like, respond in all caps, like, that's legit my reaction. <laughs> like, I'm not just being a, a silly texter. I went, like, legit, holy crap. Uh, also, shout out to Mitch Power. Uh, who called this two or maybe even three years ago, he thought he knew that this was coming. 
And um, I'm I'm genuinely excited because I think people were really looking forward to the promise of this this Streamlink thing. Mm-hmm. Streamlink, Steamlink, Steamlink. Too many steams it's, and streams. It's called the wireless display app, and I don't know exactly what the terminology is. I did read the article. That's but, been around for uh, a bit. Ha- it's something to do with Miracast. Does this sound familiar to you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I'm glad. Uh, it's just a, a world alien to me, so I don't want to misspeak it, uh, on it. But I, I wonder if this is uh, another example of Xbox doing their best to merge the ecosystem, so PC and console. Uh, and some, I, it was uh, Chris Berto, Sergeant Bones on Twitter, who said, "You know, why would I want to stream my PC games to an inferior machine, even the Xbox One X, because its PC is so good?" And for me, it was a matter of convenience. We stream uh, Netflix to inferior products at various points in our lives for convenience' sake. I like that this is an option for us, uh, even though not everyone will take advantage of it for that, that exact reason. It is indeed weaker than some PCs. But isn't this like a localized version of the Project Xtreme, like or XCloud? <laughs> as soon as you said Xtreme a couple Extreme. weeks ago, Xtreme, that's what I'm calling it in my brain. Um, like, isn't this like the PC running it at it, like with its guts and its rig, and then just pushing out the display and the, and the controls um, to the Xbox, so it, I believe it's still like if I'm if I'm thinking about this correctly, it's still using the power of your PC to run it, which is kind of the benefit. So it's kind of like localizing that that cloud based uh, computing to your own home, essentially. Is kind of what I thought and, this how this worked. That's how I took it as well. Very much the way I would stream my PS4 or, or with remote yeah, play remote to play. my Vita. Yeah. That's what this feels feels like. That's how I read it as. And to me, that's just another great option for gamers to check out. Uh, for whatever reason, they wouldn't want to be in this place or that place. Uh, it's another it's another avenue. Honestly, dude, like there are some times when I just I want to play a PC game, but I just look at that chair and I'm like, I'd rather be on the couch. And that's it. It's as simple as that. I would just rather be in a different place. And if Xbox is able to give me a little bit of flexibility on where I have to be when I play a game, like that's that's game changing, dude. Pardon the pun. Mm-hmm. No, I think I agree with you. I agree with you. And there's plenty more PC news uh, to come to Xbox fans. Sean, Inside Xbox was uh, March 12th, this Tuesday, that, uh, the day before we recorded. I got to watch it. You got to watch it. I don't know your reaction. Uh, so I would like for you to share it with, with me right now. The go fir- for it. <laughs> go. The first thing that I want to say that I'm so proud of myself, usually uh, anybody who makes a podcast out there, you guys have all done this. You've all thought, like, locked logged something in your brain you're like i gotta say this i thought of something super awesome i gotta say it. and i'm so happy that i remember this um this was a inside xbox for luke lore big time because Uh-oh. they were eating the entire time they ate yeah. pizza they had they were just munching the, the entire time and i thought of you my friend just uh with your cookies and whatever so this is probably not something that our good friend anna blender would appreciate but i definitely noted all of the eating and I loved it, man. Mm-hmm. I I definitely thought that they, they stepped up a level. I thought that they had a lot of really cool things to talk about. And, mm-hmm. you know, people can get upset or whatever they want to do about um, women taking over whatever. I don't even know how to properly describe people's outrage over this garbage. But I thought that the women in this were super fascinating, super interesting, a totally different take. And I was really enjoying the, the cast that they had hosting this, this month's Inside Xbox. 
And for clarity for anyone listening, Sean's referring to the fact that uh, it was an all-female set of hosts and a number of uh, female-led kind of not panels i suppose you would say like spotlights totally where they talked about different different women within xbox gaming that yep. work on different things they even uh did a mini spotlight on the gaming program at usc mm-hmm. uh and getting more more women into gaming uh did the, on the developer side i should be clear but also the publisher side and just uh in general it was a good vibe well well-run show and there were all women kind of behind the scenes and in front of the cameras behind the cameras it was it was awesome it was a really good good vibe at least for me i mean i don't i don't really like i, I kind of have a bit of a knee-jerk reaction and a bit of a like who farted face reaction to uh to pandering is i'm like i'm like just don't really love sure. it. sure oh yes 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 but if like i if i take all that out of the way if i take out of like the the political the, the social justice whatever like i just really liked having different people talk about the games like the way that they reacted to it, the way that it was just different viewpoints. And I just really, I thought that that in and of itself was interesting. Now, there were cool things that we that we learned. I don't know where you want to want to start, but I my general reaction is that I that I really like this one, man. And I think, it, again, there are a couple things that stood out in this one versus other inside Xbox shows. Uh, this episode was, I think, a lot more concise. Big time. Had a lot less fluff to it. Mm-hmm. It had a runtime under an hour. Uh, and I think there's been a consistent debate as to whether or not those extended episodes were really worthwhile. Do we need to know how the music is made in Sea of Thieves? Uh, I think that stuff's really cool, and I hope that content doesn't go away. Yeah. But is Inside Xbox the right place for it? We're still yeah. we're still figuring out where that stuff belongs because maybe they belong on just the Sea of, the Thieves, sea of Thieves YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this particular episode of Inside Xbox, that runtime was shorter. Everything felt very, very sharp. It, to me, felt like a live Nintendo Direct. I mean, Nintendo Directs, I think, are the, often the comparison yeah. uh, to shows like this. I mean, they had puppets going around with, with Reggie and Iwata at one point, but it was all scripted. Yeah. Well, this was clearly scripted stuff, but it was live hosted. And so I I really thought the, the runtime felt solid and the announcements felt worthwhile. The, just a quick aside, I really do appreciate all that, that um, behind-the-scenes stuff. And... You know, I think that that would be really cool for them to be able to to sneak into some sort of like exclusive membership with Gold or or um, uh, Game Pass or something. It would be it like that is not the place for. It, but as I run through my brain of where it could land, like it could just be like um, the special access, like just trying to make you feel like you're. Uh, you know, how you give like Patreon exclusives, give you a little like. You're referring to the deep dive type. stuff. Is that what yeah, you're referring? I think so. Yeah, the deep okay. dive stuff. Like if if you're. Um, if you played a game or if there, it might be a game that they can recommend to you and you're like, maybe you want to check out this behind the scenes thing and it recommends some content to you, almost like its own like baked in YouTube kind of thing uh, or, or sure. mixer uh, offering. I think it would be cool. But anyways, back to back to the announcements. What was your favorite part of the of the uh, I want to say direct the inside Xbox? It was it it was tough because I think there were there were a lot of announcements. We do need to run through a few of them for for the listeners. Uh, I think the most important announcement was that we saw our first real look, uh, live and happening yeah. example of Project X Cloud. They, if if anyone has not has not seen it, they did a live demonstration of Project X Cloud. Now this this brought with it its own level of questions from fans, including uh, our own in, friend Antonio Guillen uh, at Hypecaster, and he said, uh, "Is was the Project X Cloud demo an actual live demo? Mm-hmm. Uh, conspiracy theorists might immediately cry fake. Uh, would it indeed be a fake demo? And what?" we should say is that the hosts were playing Forza Horizon 4 on a 
cell phone with connected to a Bluetooth controller live over Project X Cloud. Now, Sean, yep. you and I talked briefly just to prep on the on the show. What were your thoughts about this X Cloud demo? I thought uh, I I don't I don't think that it does them any service to fake it. Now we know that mm-hmm. like with E three demos, there are things that are are created for the specific demo purposes that might not make it into the final product. So who knows, man? Um, I think that. I don't even want to. I don't want to dodge the question necessarily, but I don't think that that's really the important part. I thought that the game choice was interesting. I don't mm-hmm. think that like because my my main concern, probably shared with everybody else, is the the connectivity and the reactivity of the game to the control. So like, what is the latency for like when I hit the gas and when the car starts moving? I felt like. Forza Horizon 4 is actually maybe the best game for them to show because you couldn't tell when if like mm-hmm. she moved the controller one way or another or she hit the gas or something like you you weren't able to really like link up the actions on the screen to the inputs on the controllers like if you had something else where she was hitting A or B or some of the face buttons then uh, mm-hmm. you might be able to see what the delay might have been so I thought that the game mm-hmm. choice was pretty pretty peculiar and that's the thing that I picked up on mostly but I think that it was it was bold of them to show it. I thought it was a, a great move, um, but yeah, still still a little suspect on the game choice. I was I went the other way with it. I thought it was a great time to show Project X Cloud, given that Google is going to be talking about something at GDC next week, and they just hired Jade Raymond uh, as their executive. Uh, I, I, sorry, as vice president over there. Uh, to talk about Google Gaming and how it's very clear they're making a streaming service. So for Microsoft to show its hand and what it's going to be doing kind of live and in public uh, to a certain extent yeah. uh, was a good thing. Now, I no, thought... that's what I'm saying that too. First, that's for sure. I don't yeah, know if I... With, with if the, did I make it sound like that was a bad thing? I definitely did not make to mean that to sound like it was a bad thing at all. Oh, that was bold. No, certainly not. With the gaming choice, though, I think having a high-fidelity title that is all about the visuals in Forza Horizon 4. I liked that. I thought that was a wise choice to show that, and I agree with you about the face buttons. Uh, I also really think it's worth noting that, of course, this was a controlled environment. Of course, this happened. And they mentioned that that Project xCloud is starting trials in 2019. Yeah. That is not to say that this is a consumer product happening tomorrow. Uh, And so, you know, Adam Leonard asked, uh, whether or not this was uh, the biggest announcement. And I don't know that it was the most hyped announcement, the one that we get the most excited for, for the thing that's happening, the game we're going to see. But I do think it's the one that's going to have the biggest ripple effect uh, going forward. I'm just wondering if that's... I, I agree that there, that this is gonna, definitely going to impact things. And um, I can't recall uh, the, gentleman who was, uh, the gentleman's name who was speaking to it, but he was kind of making some really good comparisons and analogies to set the context and perspective on, like, what the, what is this necessarily going to do for, for gaming? And he said uh, one thing that stood out to me, which was, this is not a replacement. This is like an and. This is an addition. This is so that if, you're, if the mood strikes and you're just like, I would really like to play a game right now, that you're able to do that. Like, the, we're going to look back on these days of console gaming the way that we know it today is very restrictive that that um that you had to be at home on a specific tv with a specific controller on a on a specific couch like with a specific input on your tv and all these things that were very everything is hardwired and as soon as you Mm -hmm. remove the literal wires you're just there's a lot more freedom and there's an analogy created too that i thought was very apt like you don't think about music you're just like i'm gonna listen to music wherever i am on various devices like it's on a on a in my car or on my phone on a radio that like a set top all these different things like music is everywhere and games can be everywhere as well i thought that was really really cool and makes me just a little bit more open to this scary future (laughs) that i still don't know what i feel about it 
Absolutely. Uh, to transition that a bit away into some of the smaller announcements, it was announced that Minecraft will be hitting Game Pass, uh, including its future updates. Also, 91 million players uh, each month That's working crazy. with Minecraft. That's nuts, because I have yeah. no interest in Minecraft. Yeah. But man, I'm, I'm apparently one of the six people not playing it. Uh, there was a new Phantom White controller shown that actually looks really good. That's the only right. reason I mentioned it. It really did look good. Uh, State of Decay 2 is getting additional gameplay uh, level. I'm sorry, not levels. I should say difficulty levels and gameplay features. And I wanted to note that for all the things Microsoft might be doing wrong with exclusives in the latter half of this generation, they certainly are supporting the ones they have quite well. And uh, I like that attitude. And that's like to that, that audience too. Like, because for me, I'm like, ah, that didn't really strike me. That's the last thing I kind of want is is a harder difficulty on that game. But you know what? I'm not playing that game anyway. So for the people who are playing that game, then that's that's probably appealing to them. So they know their audience that that they need to provide new and exciting things to the people who will be playing it. So good for them, man. Mm-hmm. Yep, good for them. I agree. Uh, and I'm happy for our friends that continue to enjoy those different uh, exclusives that are there. Uh, one exclusive that may still be an exclusive, depending on your attitude towards life, uh, <laughs> Halo Master Chief Collection is coming to PC. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, whether that's the worst thing ever. Oh, my for God. Xbox it's the end of Xbox. Sell your Xbox, everybody. But, uh, it'd be terrible if, you know, more people could enjoy a thing people like. That would be um, bad. Obviously, that's coming to PC with a really cool or really interesting rollout, I should say. Um, but to me, that's not the cool part about Master Chief Collection. Halo Reach is going to be entering the Master Chief Collection, and at first thought, I I was thinking that it was going to be the just X enhanced back compat title. No, Sean, they're they're making this in 4K HDR, uh, 60 frames per second. It no motion blur. I mean, this this Halo Reach port looks like it's going to be the real deal, um, but I don't know the timing of it. I'm just glad that the best Halo game is getting some love. I know there were so many so many specifics, but still a lot of questions to be answered through all of these announcements. A lot of different parts, and even just you can just imagine what it would be like to work on this game because even rolling this thing out the way that it was announced. I mm-hmm. thought it was still a little bit confusing the way, like talking about PC and the way that Reach is going to work. Um, just to clarify, my understanding of it was that if you own Master Chief Collection right now, you're going to get the multiplayer for free, but they're going to sell the campaign separately as a premium DLC. Is that correct? I had that, or is it backwards? I, I might be backwards. That's the but thing. You oh. know what? Let's tell everybody to not take our word as, yeah. as doctrine <laughs> on this one because they they're building it in in. In segments, almost. Now, yeah. if your first reaction is like, ugh, I don't like that, because it sounds very Activision split it up, sell you each part kind of thing. The only thing I want to caution everybody on this is when it comes to remasters and, and games like this where you're playing an old game in a new form, the story is is doesn't age in, in the same way that you might think it does. I mean, that's that's a the campaign that is an isolated segmented off piece. But multiplayer is different than when you last played that game. Halo Reach multiplayer was my favorite Halo multiplayer experience. Wow, really? But that at the time, yeah. And I never played Halo Two, which is the one that most people bring up yeah. when I when I mention that. But that ecosystem is not there anymore. I've changed as a gamer. Those people have moved on or tried different things, and those that are staying there are very dedicated to it. So you can't just pop in Halo Reach back and pat and play that multiplayer the way you might have experienced. So I understand splitting them off. And for me, Master Chief Collection was always the stories, the campaigns. That's what Halo was to me. That's not what Halo is to other people. Yeah. So, and so I... 
so this game's also going on Steam too, which I thought was one of the things I thought you were going to roll out here as well. Is that uh, not only is it on Microsoft Store, but they're giving a portion of the profits away to Valve <laughs> because they're selling this game on Steam, man. Mm-hmm. Is that weird? Mm-hmm. And I, it is not as weird as it perhaps would have been four years ago. Because if one thing has been very clear, Xbox wants to hit two billion screens. They've dedicated. They've said it. They want to be on multiple platforms and. What better synonymous Xbox uh, logo bearing game than Halo Master Chief Collection, where you mm-hmm. get? I don't think it'll be six Halos by the time by the time it, it, it's out, because you've got ODST and Reach in there. Maybe even maybe more than that. Uh, no, it'll be six. And so I think that's a good thing. I like that. I think we're all kind of latching on and realizing that that integration is the future, and plastic boxes are, are yeah. not necessarily the important part. Uh, the way they're rolling it out, they're building it one game at a time. So like, you know, Halo 1 might hit and then Halo 2 will hit and it'll take time. It's not going to be an encompassed package. And I think that speaks to the fact that when they started remastering these, they were still on 360 and they were rebuilding code and they were fixing things. And uh, it's not the same as just, all right, let's make Resident Evil 2 in a new engine completely different. None of the old code is there. This is a patchwork job. It reminded me of the way they Rare Replay kind of led to back combat. Yeah. So, anywho, I like the idea that uh, we're hitting PC uh, in, in multiple places, and more people are having access to those games with more options. And uh, with xCloud kind of on the way, it makes perfect sense that uh, a lot of the games that are available on Xbox will be available on PC, and you won't need PC ports. Uh, so there's there's a lot to be had there and just ways to play and places to play. Yeah, it does It does feel in a lot of ways that we're going through like some sort of uh, video game console puberty as we transition to the next phase of, of life. Like, I feel like things are maturing here, but it's a little awkward. We don't know really how to talk about this yet. Like, even, like, Master Chief Collection has so many different parts to it now. There's the there's the Xbox, the thing that uh, where people had it before. You're going to get Reach. Then, and it's different if you have Game Pass, and it's it's complete on Game Pass. It seems like that's why they might be pushing people towards that. You get the entire package on Game Pass. Now we have to talk about the, the game on PC, and it's sort of, like, releasing in, in reverse order. So there's a lot. There is a ton to unpack here, man. It's hard to really cover all of the pieces and how it impacts everyone um but for me i'm excited to as somebody who is continuously upgrading my pc i'm excited that would be one of the first games that i try out they did not clarify one way or another if it was a a play anywhere title i like i almost Mm -hmm. assume that it would be i'm not sure the reach being you mentioned it's 4k 60 frames per second like that is an enhancement um but is it anniversary treatment i don't think that it is so i just wish that they were like it's hard because they it almost undersells in a way when you say what a thing isn't, it sounds like it's lesser than, but I would appreciate some clarity on that. Like, yeah, it's, this is the, the enhancements that you're getting, but don't expect anniversary. Like the, what they did with, um, Halo one and two that we've yet to get with anything else. We get, we didn't get anniversary treatments for Halo three. Did we? They kind no, of we skipped that anniversary. Not. Son of a gun. Correct. And they, they said that Master Chief collection was meant to serve kind of that, that role uh, in many ways with, you know, three and four. So 
you know, I, I have a lot of questions, but also Halo was on the wane at one point, and now mm. they've doubled down on releasing novels with new content specific to Master Chief that affects the universe. Uh, they've doubled down on getting Halo uh, out to different people through a different, you know, like the Halo theme park that's kind of rotating around. Uh, they're clearly not abandoning the franchise. That's they're not sure. rebooting it, which I would have uh, expected, and, and I'm glad they're not, but I also have lots of questions in the wake of Halo 5. And there's they're clearly doubling down to make this uh, something that once again is is loudly synonymous with Xbox in a positive, and I think that speaks to kind of our cruise control topic, Sean. Is we often say we go on a journey with games, and that's yeah. not that's not exclusive to to new games. That is exclusive to franchises. We play games, and our our mindsets, our attitudes changes. That so when we say we go on a journey with something. Uh, let our listeners know how that translates in your mind. Like, what are you thinking when you say that? And what does it mean for you to go on that journey? Like, sometimes when I say that I'm on a journey, like, and, and, I'm, and I'm parked right now, I'm going to pick up my, my new glasses, guys. I'm really excited. Um, but I, when I, when I'm, sometimes I'll talk with my hands. And when I say I go on a journey, like, I'm literally creating, like, a, uh, a, parabola like a like an arc like a like a narrative arc like where i go i start low and then i go up high and then maybe i come back down again like it's what i mean by a journey is that i start in one place i go to another place in terms of my either emotional connection or my my critical appreciation for a game might change it it means that things uh my my first reaction to a game might be different than uh what my my opinion of the game is midway through versus the end and um, because I play games, I would say maybe slower than some people because I, I can only put in so much time uh, every day or every other couple days, um, I experience that over a long, a lengthy period of time. And so the reason that I wanted to kind of maybe explore this a little bit with you, and I invite our listeners to let us know what they think about this on, on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, um, is that like... As people, as as content creators, I realize that that has an impact on uh, how people interpret what my opinions are of games. Uh, our good friend Badbit from the Trophy Room, our sister podcast over there, the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. He said, uh, he asked me what I thought of Resident Evil 2, and I said that I love it. And he was like, oh, well, I'm glad I was really worried. And I said, what do you mean, man? I told you how I, I love the demo, and I just couldn't wait to get more into it. And he's like, yeah, but you know how you are with games. And I'm like, what does that mm. mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of prompted this. I'm like, you're right. I am in I am but a I know, of games. I was gonna say the same thing. I I know exactly what he meant uh by that when when he says that, because anybody that listens to a content creator you regularly, you pick up on little cues in their personality, you you kind of adapt to likes and dislikes. I mean, I'm well aware of what Chris Johnson's gonna be interested in game wise than mm-hmm. uh versus not. I tend to know what Bad Bit's gonna like. Uh and, and as you learn it, you kind of uh, latch on to those person's likes and dislikes. And then if you identify a friendship or a kinship with them in any way, when you start to like something, you feel invested and in whether or not your friend or somebody you respect or value will like it as well. I, I told, as I mentioned, I've kind of gone through that in that I've loved Crackdown and Anthem and my friends really don't. Yeah. And that's been an interesting journey to go on. Like, okay, I clearly like this now. In the now, I love this. Will I like this later? Uh, will I will will I experience the division two, uh, and then will that change my perspective? Will Sekiro Shadows Die Twice make me think, you know what, Bloodborne is not not the game I thought it was. Should I go back and revisit? These journeys on games are molded by our experiences, by our attitudes and environments, and then the best part about all of this is you're allowed to change your mind. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you. You're allowed to I, adapt. 
I appreciate that, man. And I and I seem to because I like I said, I, like week to week to week, I'm still playing the same game. So my uh, people kind of have to follow along a little bit. But I feel like. Um, you're able to maybe wrap your head around larger chunks of games uh, within a shorter time span in terms of like from podcast to podcast episode. So mm-hmm. maybe you're like, do you ever change your mind? Like when, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to recall. I feel like I, 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 I second guess myself on every aspect of life, man. So that includes gaming. So I never really am r- quite sure in a lot of aspects of life, but you're the opposite. I think you're maybe a little bit more, Sure, and you're able to lock in an opinion uh, for multiple reasons. It's your personality, and like I said, the way that you're able to consume games in larger mm-hmm. chunks at a time, so you can solidify your opinions. So it's a little bit different for you, I think. It it is different for me. It is, and I think that's largely due to the amount of time that I'm able to invest into games and the amount of content I can consume. I I don't have to to come home and do anything but what I want to do. And so my attitude coming into a game can be very relaxed. I don't have to worry about feeding the kids or, um, you know, cleaning up certain, you know, like messes or showering the kiddo, get them to bed. Without those responsibilities, my attitude entering my game time uh, is a little bit different. When you're you're busy Mm -hmm. or job is coming into something, your time is much more precious. Exactly, exactly. And it needs to capture you a bit bit quicker uh and if a world doesn't capture you right away you might be quick to quicker to put it down and move on because your time values are different and in no way is that a bad thing um i think as i age up into an area where a lot of my friends are are having children and that i'm not going to have it my my entertainment that i i want seek to gather from gaming uh will just be more and more different from the people within my age bracket i think that's a a comfortable thing to to talk about as we kind of go through life and on a journey with with ourselves and with games in general. I think I think you're right. I do think that I'm I'm pretty critical early on in games, but I also believe that like I I give a lot of games like their their due. Um I think that I gave Anthem its due. I think I gave um well Assassin's Creed is one that I like I just love from the start. So I'm just trying to think of games that I'm like I really have to put in a lot of time. Um I I and I'll I'll double you know down what's- I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. Well, well, I wanted to say it's it's also worth noting in this entire journey concept is that not all games are the same when you first play them as they will be later on. Anthem and Division, those the games that launch that you play are not going to be the same experience three months out, That's six months point. out, a year out. And that is also worth noting. Like, what are you, you just know? coming off of? Like, are you are you going from Assassin's Creed into a, another giant game, or do you have like a Tetris game to kind of buffer you a little bit? Like, palate cleansers are really important as well. So, like, mm-hmm. I just, I really just wanted to kind of explore this and, and um, just as an open and honest communication with the with the audience and the people who were lucky enough that they that they listen to this show. That I'm I'm well aware that uh. <laughs> <laughs> I might be just like, okay, Sean, like form your opinion and move on because we've listened to a thousand other shows and they've offered it a solidified opinion. Um, but not everybody plays games in the same way, man. So maybe there's some people who do this, who do a similar thing, but um, I just want to let people know that I always will let you guys know where I'm at with a game, uh, regardless of how confusing that might be. You could just maybe expect more of that uh, in the future, but I'm, I'm just loving where, where I'm at with playing games i'm loving where i'm at with this show and the fact that you and i play games so differently but can still do this in in such an awesome way man i just let's high five high five indeed man and thank you to everybody who's listening and does weigh in on that stuff that those conversations are fun yeah man i have a blast with those and and healthy debate positive debate where it's not you know 
negative vitriol, that's that's my jam. And that's what I really enjoy, you know, on Twitter. And you can chat with me about anything on, on twitter.com slash MLS Reserves uh, or over on my Mixer channel at mixer.com slash insipidghost. Uh, I love when you guys are there. I had a great turnout the other night, man, and lifted my spirits for days. I love it, man. Well, yeah, everybody can follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri. It's Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. And I'm on, uh, as I mentioned earlier, twitch.com. Wait twitch.tv slash Sean Capri uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at the very least. Um, oh, oh, guys, I can't believe I totally forgot about this. Uh, Chelsea's mm-hmm. taking the kids away. <laughs> Speaking about not having time to play games, Chelsea is taking the kids to Saskatchewan. That's a real place. So I I have uh, an empty household starting on Saturday. So probably a giant stream, at least on Sunday. I've got some work I've got to do on Saturday. But on Sunday, huge stream, probably all day. Probably going to be eating some crappy food and some energy drinks. So so stay tuned for that, man. I can't wait. We should coordinate an hour or so and do an Xbox Drive uh, dual stream and maybe even talk to our some of our friends in high places somewhere. My heart is fluttering we right now. We meant to do that and we forgot. Oh, let's do it. Yeah, well, no, we didn't forget. Yeah. Hi, Matt. We didn't? Hey, buddy. Hey. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's cool, awesome, man. That's, I'm really excited for you. You're gonna get game time. Yeah, so much game time and so much uh, a stinkiness. I'm not gonna shower or anything. I'm not gonna take care of myself. It'll be like 22 year old me all over again. Luke, this was a good show, man. Is that it? I thought you were gonna say something. Adam, you're old. Oh, Adam's a dinosaur. He's a dinosaur. We should just make fun of somebody at the end of every show. And that's how we close. I don't even know who Billy Joel is. I gotta Google that. <laughs> Bobby's like, peace out, Preston. And it's this loving tribute to a to a to a <laughs> child out there. We're just like, make fun of people. Adam sucks. Who's Billy Joel? Good show, man. That was a terribly funny and awful ending that only two people will get.